welcome to the Divorce Coaches Academy podcast with co-founders and hosts, Tracy Callahan and Deborah Doak. Each week, we tackle another tough topic to help professional divorce coaches maximize client impact and cultivate thriving practices. We also want to spread the word about the expertise and value that certified divorce coaches bring to the table. At DCA, we are committed to ongoing learning and we value generosity among divorce coaching professionals. We believe that when one succeeds, we all succeed. Welcome back to the Divorce Coaches Academy podcast. I'm Deborah. I'm here with Tracy. Hey. Hey, Tracy in her new spot in Florida. Yes. <laughs> I am finally moved and settled. And, and settled. Here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So no more uncertainty. <laughs> For now. <laughs> For now. <laughs> For now. All right. So uncertainty is what we're going to talk about today. And uh, there's this great quote by Eckhart Tolle said, if uncertainty is unacceptable to you, it turns into fear. If it's perfectly acceptable, it turns into increased aliveness, alertness, and creativity. Mm. Crazy, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. If it's unacceptable, it turns into fear. We touched on that last week a little bit, you know, because we talked about why people resist change. And we did a quick review of those five scarf domains, status, certainty, autonomy, relatedness, and fairness. So what we thought we'd do today is take a really deep dive into just the domain of certainty and discuss how this uncertainty impacts both resistance to change and conflict. Conflict. Mm. Resistance to change and conflict. Yeah. So for the past few weeks, actually, we've been focused on change. Last week, we talked about working through client resistance to change. In our October networking event, we discussed um, cognitive scientist uh, Maya Shanker's TED Talk, why change is so scary and how to unlock its potential. And this month, we're going to be unpacking psychotherapist Lori Gottlieb's popular TED Talk, how changing your story can change your life. Yeah. So we'll put the link in the show notes, but if you'd like to join us for this free event, just head to the website. Um, and sign up because we have a great time in these in these discussion groups. But why are we so obsessed with change lately? Why are we talking about it so much? <laughs> why? Because we're obsessed with conflict. Tracy and I love, we are. love conflict. conflict. Love and conflict. They're, they're intimately related, yeah. especially when it comes to divorce and co-parenting. Absolutely. We consistently see this perfect storm of someone's tolerance for risk or uncertainty, their resilience and their emotional intelligence come together. And then they're either able to weather the uncertainty and changes that divorce brings, or they create more waves by feeling afraid and resisting them. Yeah. And those waves could be really big. <laughs> they can be tsunamis. Tsunamis. <laughs> So let's start talking about why we as humans are so afraid of uncertainty. Why are we so scared of it? It's, it? It is. It's because to the human mind, uncertainty equals danger, right? Yeah. Again, scary. If your brain doesn't know what's coming next, it cannot protect you. So it has this tendency to assume the worst. 
over-personalized threats, and jump to conclusions. And I don't know about you guys, but I am also a bit of a catastrophic thinker, right? Something happens, I go all the way to that other end of the continuum. So your brain will do almost anything for the sake of certainty. And you're hardwired to overestimate threats and underestimate, underestimate your ability to handle them all in the name of survival. Yikes. Yikes. So, so overestimating threats sounds like we're creating more fear and underestimating our ability to handle those threats. Sounds like we're minimizing our resilience. Mm. So no wonder the uncertainty of divorce has the potential to create so much chaos. Chaos. Yeah. So now we know that people vary greatly in their perceptions of uncertainty. And psychologists measure this using the intolerance of uncertainty scale, right? So to get an idea of how you might score, think about how you might rate the following statements from one, not characteristic of yourself at all, to five, entirely characteristic of yourself. Okay. So one to five. Unforeseen events upset me greatly. Yeah. What? How do you rate yourself? <laughs> uh, I, I'm in the middle on that. I don't. I I don't totally get upset by unforeseen events, but it does it does throw me for a loop sometimes? A little right? bit. Yeah. 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 It frustrates me not having all the information I need. Hmm. That mm. that is sort of characteristic of me. I love information. Right. Yeah. I should be able to organize everything in advance. No, I don't care about that. Yeah, I don't, I'm not really. That's too, not characteristic. I'm of usually me. a procrastinator. So <laughs> I don't organize anything yeah, ever. No. <laughs> when it's time to act, uncertainty paralyzes me. No. Yeah, not too much on me. And the smallest doubt can stop me from acting. So not, not too characteristic of me either, but for a lot of our clients, mm-hmm. right? Those are big, big, big issues and concerns. Exactly. So people who score high in intolerance of uncertainty tend to show heightened stress response to uncertain situations. Yeah. Right. Just makes sense. So these are the folks that are likely to have more difficulty making the decision to divorce and or navigating the divorce process. They crave certainty and safety. Yes. They want a foolproof plan, right? They desperately yeah. try to anticipate every possible outcome and circumstance. And I don't know about you guys, but you've probably worked with these clients. They're the ones who talk about getting their ducks in a row, calling them, call themselves a planner or a researcher or say that they're super organized. They're trying to minimize uncertainty and an effort to feel safe. To feel safe, right? But what do we know? We know that safety does not equal success or happiness. No. Safety just equals safety. (laughs) (laughs) But our survival mind believes that knowing an outcome one way or another is going to take the edge off that anxiety. It's more stressful, believe it or not, it's more stressful wondering if you're going to get to your meeting on time 
than knowing you'll be late. Absolutely. (laughs) It's less anxiety producing to know that you're going to get a divorce than to be unsure about it. Mm -hmm. And it's more fearful knowing, not knowing if you're going to get fired than knowing for sure that you've lost your job. Yeah. Here's something fascinating. Did you know that our brains find psychological uncertainty just as, if not more, painful than actual physical pain? Yeah. It's crazy. crazy. I know. Crazy. There was a a recent study, like an experiment they did. They did a, a simulation game of rewards and punishments. And participants um, who had a 50-50 chance of getting a painful electric shock experienced significantly more stress than those who knew for certain they would be shocked. Yeah. So some people had a 50-50 chance. Some people knew for sure that they would get shocked. Right. They could prepare for it, right? As, yes. As compared to wondering. So- Yes, that that actual tells us, yes, that a a what if is more anxiety producing than simply getting something painful over with. (laughs) Right. There there was another experiment by psychologist um, Emma Tankovich. She asked participants to play a game called the uncertain waiting tasks. And Mm -hmm. they went through various trials, but basically the participants had a chance of winning a little money. Okay. The outcome of each of these trials was randoms, but the participants did have a choice to know the result immediately instead of waiting a few seconds before they found out. So they could find out right away, but that immediate knowledge came with a penalty. If they were to win, the odds would be lower and the prize would be smaller rather than waiting, but they could find out right away. Mm-hmm. despite it being the more rational option. Only 37% of the participants chose to wait on every single trial. Yeah. The rest were willing to take a financial hit to avoid some of the anxious waiting in a state of uncertainty. Yeah. They were willing to give up something. Yes. That's how uncomfortable I, uncertainty I is, right? These participants <laughs> would rather get less money and know right now then wait a few seconds and have a better chance to get more. (laughs) I I would rather get shocked twice as often and I would rather get less money. (laughs) Just so I can know. Just Just so so I can can know. know. Yeah. And that's why our intolerance for uncertainty can be such a powerful driver for both fear and conflict and divorce. Right. Yeah. Makes sense. Uncertainty is a warning to our brain security scanner that something feels unsafe that can in turn trigger our stress response in an area of the brain called our amygdala. Right. If you, if you're familiar with some of our thought process, we'd love to call the amygdala Amy. Right. So we discuss this response in depth in episode number 58 called Triggered Helping Clients Maintain Emotional Control. So if you haven't listened to it, I really encourage you to check it out. But essentially, it could result in emotional reactivity or shutdown or what you may know as fight, flight, freeze, or fawn behaviors. When this stress response is in charge, 
we see impulsive, emotional decision-making instead of informed, intentional decision-making. And that can lead to ineffective communication, mm -mm, positional thinking, mm -mm, and guess it, escalated conflict. Right. Right. So what, what can we as divorce coaches do to help our clients feel less afraid of the uncertainty and divorce and co-parenting? Yeah. Well, we can do a lot. We can. <laughs> we can. We can find a clue in the world of athletics, right? So sports psychologists tell us that one of the defining traits of elite athletes is a mindset engaging uncertainty and developing habits that help them recover quickly from stress. Mm -hmm. In the book, Michael Resilience by Bonnie St. John and Alan Haynes, they tell the story of sports psychologist, Dr. James Lower in his study of world-class tennis players. Dr. Lohr wanted to understand why out of hundreds of players on the tour, there were only a handful who consistently ranked at the top. Yep. Right? Yeah. So they had a similar practice and fitness routine and their skill level seemed to be on par. It wasn't until he observed what the players did between points that he noticed a striking difference. Right? So by using heart rate monitors, he found out that the top players were able to bring their heart rates back to an ideal zone more quickly and efficiently than their less successful competitors. Between points, games, and sets, these elite competitors were demonstrating behaviors centered on energy recovery and positive focus. In other words, they were taking advantage of opportunities to use micro-resilience strategies. Yeah. Right? Micro-resilience strategies. Yeah. 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 Because what was one of the things we heard earlier is we overestimate threats and we Under. underestimate our own resilience. Yeah. So how do we incorporate this micro resilience kind of mindset strategy to support our clients through the uncertainty of divorce? Yeah. Well, certainly when we're talking about uncertainty, we're talking about fear. So let's start with inventorying fears. As we always say, fears are questions waiting to be answered or a plan waiting to be developed. Yes. Use your coaching skills. Ask those powerful, curious questions to discover where is your client feeling anxious and uncertain? Do they need more information? Do they need support to outline some action steps, right? We cannot eliminate all their uncertainty, but we can provide education, resources, and bolster their confidence that they have a plan. So yeah. these would be questions like, tell me more about what's concerning you about the finances. What about shared parenting time are you most worried about? What do you need to feel less anxious about this? Yeah, because we can't give certainty to our clients, but we can support them in the discovery and exploration process for mm -hmm. themselves, right? Exactly. Because I to, so they're not away. overestimating the fear Correct. and they're not underestimating their ability to handle it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So another great strategy, right? Best self and resiliency. 
most of you are likely familiar with the best self exercise, and there's lots of different versions and adaptability, right? But this can be a great tool to pull out when a client is struggling with self-doubt or questioning their own resilience, right? So questions like, if I ask the two people closest to you, what three qualities they admire about you, what would they tell me? This is taking an outside perspective, right? How do you notice when you aren't showing up as your best self? Tell me about a time when you faced uncertainty in the past and navigated it successfully. What tools and strategies did you use that were helpful? Ah, and can you remember a time when uncertainty didn't feel so scary to you? What feels different now, right? These are those questions, those powerful, curious questions and looking at clients and and examining their best self and resiliency. Yeah, very important to remind them who they are. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Remind them who they are. Yeah. And then reframing. And we touched on this a little bit last week, but the way we as humans approach uncertainty has a really profound effect on how we think, feel, and act in that uncertain situation. And so if we can shift our view to frame this future uncertainty, this haziness as a a challenge instead of a threat or an opportunity instead of a fear, as Brene Brown says, the story we're telling ourselves Mm -hmm. becomes a little bit more palatable, a little bit less scary, right? Yeah. So we can help them reframe those, we call them automatic negative thoughts, kind of into something more productive. Mm -hmm. Might sound like this, a client that says, I'll never be able to support myself. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's true. And I don't know the final child support or spousal support numbers yet, but I am working through my budget and taking ownership of my financial future. Yeah. Right. I am taking action. Yeah. A powerful reframe. If we have shared parenting, I might not get to see my kids for a week at a time. How will I survive? Mm. Okay. Reframe. Well, being a parent has been my full-time job and my identity. This is going to be a big adjustment. Maybe I can find ways to use my time without the kids to rediscover some of those other aspects of myself. Yeah. Which that leads us so beautifully into acceptance. Yeah. Right. Such an important piece here. Wanting certainty is a desire to control the outcome. And as we know, there is much in divorce that is out of our client's control from their partner's behavior to the court system. However, just because they don't have control doesn't mean that they don't have choices. This I'm is- sorry. Could you could you say that one more yes. time, please? Just because they don't have control doesn't mean that they don't have choices. This would be the Bobo Buffet, right? Yeah. yeah. The best of bad options. It, they um, still have choices. Right. And this is where planning and boundary work, appropriate boundary work, are crucial. Yes. So questions like, what in this situation is causing me pain or stress? Is this something I can change? If I can't, what are some aspects of the situation I can control? Do I have choices? What would happen if I can't change anything in this situation? What's the worst possible outcome? Do I still have choices? 
Yeah. Do I still have choices? Yes. Right. Yes. I mean, yes. we all find uncertainty taxing, draining, exhausting, right? No. I don't think anybody loves living in a state of uncertainty. No. But our oh. ability to navigate life's uncertainties lies in our confidence in our own resilience, our capacity and belief in our ability to handle whatever comes our way. Yeah. And we can get every single duck lined up in a perfectly straight line, but inevitably someone or something is going to throw a wrench in our perfectly laid out plans. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> right. Or answers aren't available until they're available and yeah. we have to wait or horror of horrors. We have to make decisions with imperfect information. Yeah. And, and what is exciting about this is just like conflict, resiliency can be developed, right? Yes. We can help our clients identify opportunities, right? So our role is to support clients in their resilience, their decision-making and their emotional management. So they are in the best possible position to deal with the almost guaranteed uncertainty that comes along with divorce and co-parenting. Yeah. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. So we hope you found today's exploration of uncertainty helpful. And please consider joining us for our TED Talk discussion group on Tuesday, November 28th at 7 p.m. You can register through Divorce Coaches Academy on the dashboard. It is not a, a link that will come to you. You'll access the link directly when you sign up for the class. And we love to continue talking about how we can help our clients navigate divorce changes with confidence and clarity. So thanks so much for listening, guys. We look forward to you joining us again soon. Thanks for joining us for the Divorce Coaches Academy podcast. If you enjoyed today's show, please give us a rating on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcasting app. It helps other divorce professionals find us and add to the conversation. And don't forget to follow us on social media to be the first to know when we add new classes and events. We'll be back next week with another topic to help you maximize client impact, create a thriving business, and promote the value of professional divorce coaching.